0: Um, so our next um, speaker, uh, again, uh, bringing uh, a kind of a practical aspect to this this, uh, this idea of digital transformation is doctor Blanard Barnard-White um, uh, of DCU, and she's going to be talking about the DCU Futures Experience Project. Thank you very much for the opportunity to share with you around DCU, what we're doing in DCU Futures, and this is our experience of exploring digital transformation whilst ensuring that future fit quality and um, qualifications as well. So Mark outlined at the beginning of his presentation that there were three fundamental questions to this session um, and he'd asked myself and Jacqueline to consider questions two and three and being the really analytical process chemist that I am, I've called out both questions um, as part of this presentation. So the first of those questions was how can Irish education providers respond to these trends? And what I want to show with you today is DCU Futures, which is our really radical reimagination of the curriculum. And so I wanted to highlight at the very beginning that both my role, Dean of Strategic Learning Innovation, and that of the Transversal Skills Director, who I work really closely with, were both created to spearhead this project and to really signal. DCU's intention, both internally and externally, to, as one of my colleagues put it, be serious about this um, and, and not pay lip service to it, but to, to explore deeply what that radical reimagination can be and how we can realize it. So, this image by the Swedish artist um, Erik Johansson really captures for us the essence of what it is that we're trying to do in our project, which is to prepare students to thrive in a world that we really eloquently this morning heard is increasingly defined by the extent to which there's unprecedented levels of change, both at, so- at social and at technological levels. And so the student, uh, the, who the learner that we see in that space has come on a defined path, but with agency, with conviction, with um, determination, is forging their own path in a way that's going to allow them to thrive and to live a life that's of value to them and to the greater society. And that's at the heart of what it is we're trying to do. And the other thing that we need to acknowledge very strongly, which is not unique to DCU, but is something for us to consider. Mark showed earlier examples of Google with, with the learner places that are completely detached from universities, that fundamentally, knowledge isn't the valuable form of tradable capital that it was. If my eight-year-old wants to know something in the morning, she asks Google. And Google, I I still need to be there to translate at times what the answer means or to rapidly interject to suggest a different answer. But fundamentally, how we interact with knowledge has changed. And we need to really strongly acknowledge that and address that to ensure that our higher education institution is future-capable going forward. And we deliberately talk around future-capable as opposed to future-proofing in that proofing imagines a distinct future and then works towards that. Whereas given the level of ambiguity, uncertainty that exists right now, it's remiss of us to choose to develop towards one specific possibility. And instead we want to have our institution and our students and um, our staff in that institution truly be future capable. So that whatever the future holds, we can thrive institutionally as staff members, as learners and graduates from our institution. So those are our overarching goals. And in viewing through that lens, actually it's allowed us to be unencumbered by the traditional orthodoxies that we would have assumed as set in stone. So the things that we considered in that, which are not news to anybody here, are around how the nature of work is massively changing. Career mobility is massively increasing. The career service director in in NDCU, Yvonne, in a recent conversation highlighted how not only is job for life dead, but we expect our current learners to not just change jobs, but to change sector at least five times as as they move through their career. So giving them the skill set to thrive looks very differently. We keep hearing various reports of the number of, of jobs that are to be lost to automation, for example, So the human-centricness of the skills that we develop in our students comes to the fore in a way it never has before. And uh, similarly to Jacqueline's project, I should acknowledge the Human Capital Initiative in funding um, DCU future, such that we can have the ambitions um, and realize them to the extent that we have in the project. And the other critical thing from a digital transformation perspective for us to acknowledge is that COVID didn't create the trends, it accelerated them. And now as we emerge from restrictions, we have so many questions to consider, but going back to how it was before is is a utopia that didn't exist then and certainly doesn't exist in this space. So they're not going away, the trends that we've seen in the last few years. So our response to that is DCU futures. And it is at its core, that radical reimagining, and it's built on three fundamental pillars. And critically for us, when any of the 10 new programs that we've launched as part of this, they must have all three pillars in it. They can't just go with the the next evolution and what students are learning, but to transforming how our students learn and embedding those transversal skills are core components to all of those new programs. When we considered what's the next evolution of what students should learn, we consider, we took a step back to look at the world around us, to look at the trends that we see going forward. And we consider things like transitioning to that zero carbon economy that need to, in the most holistic sense, support the development of a truly sustainable society. And to consider that technology is infusing our world in, to an increasing um, ubiquitousness, I don't know if that's a word, but I've made it a word, um, such that the next evolution, we see these emerging interdisciplinary nexus. So, we have, for example, psychology and disruptive technologies exploring what's the impact of human behavior on the extent to which technology is infusing our world right now, and how can we use human behaviors to drive and to shape what the next evolutions of those technologies will look like. So, that's the what, and like I say, we've Um, Within DC Futures, we have 10 new programs that we're launching that I'm really happy to talk to death with anybody about for the next two days if if you'd like to explore that. The second critical component for us is that transforming how our students are going to learn. So we are looking at online learning as a crucial component where it enhances um, the student learning experience, but also, uh, similar to Jacqueline, um, where things like virtual labs, I said I'm a chemist, and unfortunately, health and safety will never allow me as a chemist to let my students play with explosive chemicals. But I can bring them into the virtual lab to see what happens when a reaction that's completely benign at the gram scale becomes explosive when you scale to, to kilograms and greater. Um, we are engaging more strongly the, the, with a renewed focus um, with, our, with um, enterprise. And exploring different ways that we know from evidence. We have the Institute of Education in DCU, we have a phenomenal teaching enhancement unit. So, we, ha- we know from the scholarship of teaching and learning different ways that will enhance and create a greater student learning experience. And so, we're bringing those into each of our programs. And then the third component is increasing the importance or, or the, the Transversal skills and the development of transversal skills has always been important to us in DCU. but increasingly as we move to a world where to create eminently employable graduates who will thrive um, in, in the work that the life that they choose to lead, the transversal skills are what's going to give them that platform, that springboard to thrive in that life. And so we need in DCU futures, to elevate the importance of that and to make far more explicit and give students the vocabulary to describe their transversal skills in more detail. And that's the third component of DCU Futures. And as uh, the speakers before me and Mark mentioned, it's, a, it's not just the digital piece or the new programs piece. It's everything. So to, to realize DCU Futures, we've had to pull so many threads together. So that's everything from increasing the numbers of, academic developers um, and colleagues with expertise in digital technologies and how to use those in a way that's of benefit to students. We've had to build flexibility that previously wasn't there into our approval processes and the process we have in DCU to enable this agility to permeate through what it is that we do, and we're explicitly designing in those transversal skills and that flexibility to be able to respond to trends as they emerge. So it's been a huge institutional-wide project um, and deep dive for us to realize um, DCU Futures. And then the second the second of the two questions that I um, spoke to Mark about was, uh, what are some key lessons for us with regard to trying to harness digital transformation? What have we learned so far? And Futures is, is two years into the project, so about the halfway point. So it's a useful time for us to be able to look back and I wanted to share with you one of the, the most relevant learnings I think that certainly I've experienced for us. And the first was in terms of having everybody be on the same page when we start talking around digitalization of the different modalities. So having that clear set of definitions. What do we mean when we talk about hybrid versus high flex? Can we get everybody on the same page? But when we started to do that, we realized we still weren't, we weren't having the right conversation. So the conversation for us when we talked around modalities was limited and was restricted. And once we had everybody on the same page, actually where we needed to move the conversation to was not with regard to what type of modality we should use, but rather to go right back to the learning design, go back to the curriculum and explore how can we use evidence-based scholarship of teaching and learning, be informed by pedagogy and assessment principles, and frame the conversations in that and see where digital transformation and where modalities fit in that broader conversation. But even now, that's restrictive for us. And so I've been following on Twitter the conversation um, that's been led by Tim Fawns around how you decouple pedagogy and um, technology. And so it begins with the illusion that everybody's afraid of, that tech is driving the pedagogy, that we are always taking the next shiny thing and embedding that because it's cool and shiny and it's nice words. Um, So the driver is the technological um, aspects, not the pedagogy itself. And while that's an illusion, that's not the reality. Instead, we we say, well, no, actually, we need to move to where pedagogy um, is driving the conversation. But actually, that's an illusion too. And instead, what we actually have is this, rich, multifaceted, nuanced conversation where they're intermixed and where they're, what um, Tim calls, entangled. But actually, and really strongly from this morning's conversation, what's really clear is we need to move beyond this actuality to the contextualization of this where we consider what's the purpose of what we're trying to to achieve in these modules, in these programs, and how can we consider both the context as well as the pedagogy and the the technologies to achieve our greater aims. And so with that learning, I think I'm on time and haven't gone over, so I'll hand you back. Thank you. Uh, Thank you very much for that, Lonnie.